When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Building Better Business podcast is the best place to learn how to take your business to the next level. It's no longer enough to earn good profits. You need to develop a network of connections as well as use all types of marketing to your advantage that will put you over the edge. Hosted by me, Steve Eschbach, a financial executive with decades of experience in dealing with businesses and business people, we'll learn how this all comes together. Join me and my expert guests as we delve into the many facets of owning the business and how to become a good, caring business owner. Listen how making a difference in your community can attract all sorts of clientele, which in turn will build you a better business. Greetings of the day, my fellow listeners, and welcome to another edition of Building Better Businesses. I am your host, Steve Eschbach. I am an owner here in Chicagoland. I own the Trans World Business Advisors Naperville Franchisee Office. I'm one of six or seven here in the greater Chicagoland area, but I'm also one of about 220 offices worldwide, both here in the U.S. and 15 other countries around the world. Our role is to assist business owners, confidentially sell their businesses and match them with qualified buyers. We also assist business owners uh, sell their, or I should say, acquire businesses to uh, take care of their expansion and strategic uh, uh, growing uh, endeavors, if you will. Uh, we also do franchise sales. So if you're an executive in transition or anyone for that matter, uh, looking to get into the entrepreneurial world with a model that's already in place, we can help you with that. And also, if you're a small business owner and you want to expand via the franchise model, uh, we can assist you with franchise development. Uh, one of our sister companies, Sinorama, is the most prolific franchise in the world. There's about uh, 800 or 900 of those in the world. And my sister company, uh, has done well over a thousand, maybe fifteen hundred uh, franchises uh, in the course of forty years. But today we're going to talk a little bit more about how you can build a better business, and I'm delighted to have uh, my guest today, Sarah Worth. She is the author of a book called The Coaching Effect, and is the president of Excel Institute. Sarah, thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks, Steve. Great to be with you. Thank you again. And uh, before we uh, kind of get through the uh, my favorite question, which is a little bit about your childhood and upbringing, tell us a bit about the Excel Institute. So the Excel Institute, Steve, has been in business for about 12 years now, and we focus on helping leaders really learn what they can do differently to help their teams perform better. And we really strive to bring a data-based approach to that. So it's not just our opinion around what good leadership looks like. We actually spend a lot of time studying effective teams, teams that are better at achieving their performance goals to see what those leaders in particular are doing differently so that we, that we can then share those best practices to all leaders and help them improve their coaching and leadership of their teams. Sounds like a little bit of key performance indicators may be a part of what you do. Is that right? Absolutely. Yeah, that's definitely part of it. And all sorts of different leadership metrics and elements is part of it. But yeah, KPIs is definitely part of the equation. Yeah, we'll get into that a little bit more, but I want to take you as I do with many of my guests. We're going to rewind the videotape 
talk a little bit about your childhood and uh, what your aspirations were back then, what kind of uh, family uh, influence you had, how mom and dad affected where you are today. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah. So my early aspirations were to be an attorney. Um, I think I'd watched too many episodes of LA Law when I was a kid growing up. Uh, And that's, that's where I thought I would go. And I actually went all the way through law school and and, and am you know, a member of the Bar Association, but ultimately decided that wasn't the right path for me. But in terms of my childhood, I always had great parents that were very supportive of my education in particular. They were both teachers for a long Long time. And so they really stressed to me the value of education early on. Uh, I encouraged me a lot to read, encouraged me a lot to be creative and, and explore different ideas. Uh, so I, I was very lucky. I had two, two awesome parents um, who really challenged me to, to expand my horizons. Well, good for you. Did you ever become a lawyer and did you ever work at a, an executive uh, legal position at all? Yeah. So after my first and second summer of law school, I worked at two different law firms doing summer associate position, which is basically what a newly graduated attorney will do and enjoyed those experiences, enjoyed the people that I worked with, but just found that the actual work of being a lawyer was not a good fit for me. So after I left law school and graduated from law school, I did sit for my bar exam, so I am, you know, an officially an attorney. Um, but I decided to join a company called Talent Plus, where we studied leadership development and leadership selection. Wow! So that's how you get into where you are today, correct? Exactly. Yeah. So we're going to explore a little bit about that because there is a strong parallel to what you do and to the topic of this podcast, building better businesses. And uh, fortunately, I have a bullet list to guide me in terms of interacting with you to get that. (laughs) So tell us a little bit. You have a a bullet here called Coaching's Impact on Team Growth. Mm -hmm. What exactly do you mean by that? Yeah. So as I mentioned earlier, we really like to look at data around team performance and then compare that to what the leader does. And so a few of the things that we look at are just basic leadership interactions, like how often a leader is doing one-to-one meetings. How often are they giving feedback to their team members? How often are they talking to them about their career development? And so we compare things like the consistent execution of those best practices, those coaching best practices to team performance so that we can see how often a leader should be doing those different coaching elements as well as how to do them effectively. So we we really like going down to some of those basic elements of here's what a good feedback conversation looks like and here's how you can use it to help your team members improve those skills. And we know that when a leader coaches more consistently, when they coach more effectively, their team's performance goes up on those measurable outcomes like turnover, hitting their sales numbers, being able to retain their customers, things like that. So it's funny you mentioned that. And I crack a smile because I've been involved in many corporate roles over my career. And earlier on, the performance appraisal was done once a year Mm -hmm. and then it became once every once every six months and then perhaps it went to once a quarter and then it became monthly what would you say is your most ideal interaction between a leader and the support team that works with them yeah. So in terms of giving them feedback, we see that the best leaders are doing verbal feedback 
on a really constant basis. So they're usually meeting with their team members at least every week or two on a, on a more formal kind of structured one-to-one meeting. And feedback around what's working well or what's not working well is a regular part of that dialogue. So I'd say informal feedback is probably happening, you know, at least every other week, if not monthly or more. In terms of more structured feedback, we encourage our our clients to do that at least once a quarter. Uh, It doesn't have to be a full formal performance evaluation, but just something where they're sitting down together, putting something in writing around how the person's doing and what they might want to work on to keep growing and improving in their roles. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So there's a line item here that talks about coaching versus leading and managing. So I would imagine that you, Sarah, have different definitions for those three terms and how they are best effectively put into good use in the various organizations you uh, you work with. So go ahead. Yeah, absolutely. Well, when we think about managing, we think a lot about managing processes and making sure that the work gets done. Uh, And that's certainly part of being an overall good leader, a good manager. Um, When we think about leadership, we think a lot about setting that strategic vision, that overall direction for where we need to go. and, And that's also key. But the difference of what a coach really does is they're working with their team members on their skills day in, day out to help them improve and perform at a higher level. So the best coaches are those individuals that really kind of function the way that we'd see an athletic coach almost functioning, where they're building good relationships with their team members, they're motivating them, they're helping them get better at their particular skills for their role, and they're making sure that they're aligned with the overall team's objective. So they they really function more as that coach type of role, and we see that lead to better performance. Absolutely. Now, you talked a little bit about uh, how you measure coaching leadership effectiveness, and you talked about the periodic meetings, but what are some of the specific things that you're measuring for a team, like uh, for marketing or for accounting or for uh, supply chain? I'm just picking those out, but maybe you have better examples. We know how often you should be meeting verbal versus a formal process, but what are the, some of the differences in the functional disciplines that you and your clients get involved with? Yeah. So one of the things that we're like to look at is where everybody stands in terms of retention of team members. So that's pretty universal, regardless of the functional discipline is, okay. is leaders who are, who are retaining their team members better. Um, but we'll also look at each performance metric for different divisions. So for example, marketing, you mentioned um, one of the key things that most marketing departments are trying to look at is, are we getting more marketing leads? So we'll see which coaches are leading teams to do better in that regard. And in addition to the specific behavior or the specific activities like one-to-ones or feedback, we see that the best coaches just interact differently with their team members. They have different leadership behaviors. For example, the best coaches tend to build what we call better psychological safety with their team members. So that means they create an environment where their team members feel psychologically safe and that they can be open and that they can share information. And frankly, they can share their true ideas. And so when leaders create that psychologically safe environment, their team members are more willing to share ideas and take risks in their work, which tends to lead to better performance. You know, it's uh, interesting that you just mentioned that because the next bullet item is why putting people in discomfort is Mm -hmm. vital to high performance. You just talked about putting them in their comfort zone. (laughs) Now you're talking about making them a little uncomfortable. What distinguishes the two that you just talked about? Yeah. 
Yeah, that's a great question. So we think of it kind of, there's all these different elements that go into it. In particular, it's building relationships with team members. It's being able to have order and accountability over what they need to accomplish. And then the third element is putting them into complexity or getting them out of their comfort zone. You have to start first with the relationship though. So as I said earlier, good psych safety, making sure that they feel like they can be open with you and that you're going to have their back. Once you have that strong foundation of relationship where they trust you and they know that you're here for their for, for them and to help them be effective, then you can put them into complexity where you can challenge them and ask them to take a risk that they might not otherwise have taken or to try something new that they've never done before. So you have to first to help them have that solid foundation where they really trust you. And then you can push them to get outside their comfort zone. So you really, you have to have both elements. Right. So during the course of these past four or five items, I think you answered the following question, but I'm going to give you an opportunity to add something that you may have missed, but it talks about what the best coaches are doing differently and the outcome of being a great coach. I think you've talked mostly about that and all the other items we talked about, but is there anything else to add that you may not have covered in the other items? Yeah. You know, I think one of the differences between coaches that are getting better results from their team and and not getting as good of results from the from their teams is that ability to challenge their team members and, and to get them outside their comfort zone. When we look at some of the key data of what the best coaches are doing, we see that those that push their team members with higher expectations, with new assignments, with roles and opportunities that they've never taken on before, those leaders are helping those team members constantly grow and develop their skills. And when we help our team members constantly grow and develop, they achieve more than what they achieved previously. Uh, and that helps us get to higher levels of performance in our overall business. So you got to really push people in that way. So I have to believe that this is on an individual basis. So as you're interacting with your team members, you as a leader will know exactly how much you can push mm -hmm. or how much you can introduce because the last thing in the world you want to do is to overwhelm them and have the frustration just mount and mount and mount. But I think you cover that with frequent communications. Am I right about that? That's exactly right. And that's where the relationship is so key as a foundation. If I know you really well, Steve, I'm going to know that, frankly, right now you seem a little bored in your work. And so you need a new challenge to keep you performing at your highest level. Or I might see that you're totally overwhelmed right now in your work and you actually need me to help to create clarity and structure and some order and help you figure out what those priorities should be. So if I don't have a good relationship with you as a foundation, I'm not going to be able to know where you're at to know how much you need to be pushed or maybe how much you need to be supported at that moment. Am I showing you signs of being bored and overwhelmed? <laughs> a little scared there for a moment. You seem, you seem good. <laughs> but, you know, the, I, I think it is so paramount that open lines of communication is critical. And like you said, frequent verbal feedback. But, you know, like we always say, like, you know, when I'm working with a business buyer or a business seller, anytime you have any questions, just give me a call. And however silly you might think it would be, may not be. I mean, you'd rather be able to cover all the bases and uh, leave yourself be unsure of whether you're on the right path or not. Yeah, absolutely. And when we see that, we study different, as I said, not only activities of leaders, but behaviors of leaders and good communication are one of those six primary themes that we see as being essential to better leadership results. 
So I didn't hear this from you, but I'll ask it anyway. Are there dashboards that you and your team members and your coaches use to assess this at least visually so you're both on track with where you're headed and where you're going? Yeah. So there's some different ways that we look at it. The primary two ways that we look at leadership effectiveness are number one, the feedback of their team members. So we have what we call our coaching effect survey, which gathers feedback typically on an annual basis, but sometimes every six months around how that leader is coaching them, whether or not it's effective, what are, what are they doing in those coaching interactions? So that's one particular data point that we look at. And then the other one is just the leader's own execution of those coaching activities. So a lot of our leaders use what we call our our one-up coaching dashboard, which helps them stay on track with their coaching activities. um, And then we can compare that execution to those results. So is there anything in your book, The Coaching Effect, that uh, we haven't covered here that uh, you want our audience to know about? Great question. So I think the the key thing when I think about effective leadership and that I that I hope your audience keeps in mind is that you can really build that skill over time. A lot of us think of leadership as you're born a great leader or you're not born as a great leader. And I know from working with thousands of leaders at at hundreds of organizations that you absolutely can build that skill by learning the activities that the best leaders do and that by practicing those leadership behaviors, you can get better at it and that's going to lead your team to better results. How about the 360 approach? And uh, you're familiar with that, but for our audience who may not be, what is your attitude or what is your philosophy on the 360 approach? So I think 360s can be really valuable because you're gaining insight from not only obviously your team members, but also your peers and your and your leadership group. Um, so I think that can be really valuable to you. I think anytime that you're getting more information around what's working with your leadership and what can be improved and being open-minded to growing and learning, I think that always helps you. So I, yeah, I think 360s can be really beneficial. Yeah. So for those of you not familiar with the 360, that would be for you, the leader, asking your uh, direct reports to give you critical feedback. So it goes both ways where you're giving it to them. They're giving it to you. And, uh, you know, one of the things that Steve Jobs was quoted in saying is that we don't hire smart people and tell them what to do. We hire smart people and have them tell us what to do. What do you think of that? I love that because I think that the best leaders are always getting more out of their team members by virtue of their leadership. You know, I'm I'm one person. I have one person's thoughts, ideas, strategies, you know, creative creative directions. But if I can leverage that in my entire team, if I can get the best out of every single person and collectively power, harness that power of the collective, that's amazing in terms of what we can accomplish. So I think the best leaders absolutely bring that out in others. Yeah, and I think the best way to summarize what I've heard you say this uh, this uh, during our, co- our call today is that effective communication is needs to be constant and without being uh, disparaging or hurtful, it needs to be critical mm-hmm. and it needs to be truthful, needs to be honest. And I think that probably will build to not only an effective leader, but also effective team members as well. I think that's basically what you're saying, but with more specific examples. Am I right? 
Yeah, absolutely. And and you have to balance that, right? You have to be able to build that relationship and that trust with people and at the same time still push and challenge them and, and have those honest, tough conversations with them. I think underneath it all, if they know that you care about them and you want nothing but their best success, it always makes those tough conversations a little easier. Absolutely. So is there anything else we need to cover today that our audience needs to hear? I think we've covered primarily most of it from a high level, but is there anything else you want to add before we end? Yeah, no, I think I think this has been a great conversation. I appreciate you having me on, Steve. And, and I do well, encourage people to check out The Coaching Effect if they're interested in learning more about this. Yeah, and that last question is, where can we find out more about you, The Coaching Effect, the Excel Institute? Give us a whole array of how we can find you on the, the World Wide Web. Yeah, so the easiest place to find more out about me and, and our organization is at excelinstitute.com. So that's E-C-S-E-L-L institute.com. And you can find our book, The Coaching Effect, pretty much anywhere where you can buy books. So Barnes and Noble, Amazon.com, all those different places. Yeah, that sounds great. Thanks so much, Sarah. I appreciate your insights. I appreciate you sharing them with our audience. Audience, I thank you once again for listening on another edition of Building Better Businesses. There's plenty more of uh, topical areas to explore, so I encourage you to, uh, to explore the whole YouTube channel and podcast channel as well. Thank you so much and have a good rest of the day. The Building Better Business podcast is the best place to learn how to take your business to the next level. It's no longer enough to earn good profits. You need to develop a network of connections as well as use all types of marketing to your advantage that will put you over the edge. Hosted by me, Steve Eschbach, a financial executive with decades of experience in dealing with businesses and business people, we'll learn how this all comes together. Join me and my expert guests as we delve into the many facets of owning the business and how to become a good, caring business owner. Listen how making a difference in your community can attract all sorts of clientele, which in turn will build you a better business.